Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer, the host of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, where we're going to talk about the Japanese concept of Ikigai or living a life of purpose. Here you're going to hear inspirational stories from all different types of people who are finding their own life of purpose. You're going to hear about how they found their Ikigai and what they do every day to live an integrated life. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai. I am your host, Jennifer Shinkai, and with me today, looking absolutely fabulous, I can't wait till this comes out on YouTube, is Yuri Maijima. But you have a different professional name, right? So people can find you under Michelle Yuri, is right? Yes. 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 But mm. Yuri Maijima, um, I have seen her work after going to um, an amazing event from my friend Raina, who is a voice actress and a singer and generally awesome talent. Um, and it was this kimono event, um, but not a regular kimono event, something new, <laughs> something different. And I was so impressed with the styling. And I was like, who did this? Who did this? And it was Yui. So I started to follow you on Instagram. And I very quickly slid into your DMs and said, hey, tell me about how you became a kimono stylist, because it's absolutely fascinating. And we had a little chat. And here we are today to hear about your story. Um, it's so interesting that, you know, you were born in, in Yokohama and then moved to America and going to community college and becoming like a systems engineer, but in that timing, then discovering kimono. So like traveling outside of Japan was almost what connected you much more to your Japanese identity, which is so fascinating. And as someone who um, is living outside my, uh, my native culture, um, interesting to think about what do I uh, enjoy more about the UK? Now I'm not living there, but now you're back in Japan and working as uh, a neo kimono stylist, right? Very, very cool yeah. stuff. So we're going to get all into this and talk about it. Um, and very interested to see the uh, the role that fashion plays in your ikigai, the role that, um, you know, discovering your identity more through fashion and kimono, um, how that gives you a sense of ikigai, as well as talking a little bit about doing something different from your teacher, doing something different from people's uh, social expectation. Uh, how that might come up when people are trying to apply maybe a new type of a new uh, sense of ikigai to their life. So that's kind of the journey we have lined up. But why don't you tell us a little bit, Yuri, about that? You, was kimono always part of your life as like a young girl in Japan? No. <laughs> like for me, when I was 10 years old, Mm. You know, in Japan, we have Shichigo-san. Yeah. You may know. And I have younger sister. And she became seven years old. So she wear the kimono. And my grandparents love kimono. So I also wear kimono. And at that time, I had sick. Because it's too tight. Oh, I feel so sick. Mm. So it was like a celebration. 
but I couldn't eat. Oh, this is my frog. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Five o'clock, everyone. <laughs> right. And there was like, uh, we went to, you know, good restaurant to eat for celebration, but I couldn't eat anything because oh. I feel sick. So from that time, I hate kimono. <laughs> I hate to wearing kimono. I decided to not wear kimono forever at wow. 10 years old. Wow. So <laughs> and, uh, that's how I started with my kimono. <laughs> so your first experience was pretty, pretty traumatic. So I, I'm thinking maybe as a good takeaway from that is like, just because you hated something when you were 10 years old and it was really bad, doesn't mean <laughs> in the future you have a different introduction, might be the source of Ikigai. So how did you shift then? How did you shift from being kimono hater to <laughs> kimono stylist? You wear kimono yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. I started to, like, interested in kimono was, you know, seijinshiki. My, like, I, <clears throat> I was in, um, what was it? Like a semongako kind of. Like an English semongaku. It's like a vocational school. And Seijinshiki mm -hmm. is the coming of age celebration at 20. Mm -hmm. Just for any listeners who don't catch that. <laughs> I was in that school. And then I got the one friend. She is like older than me. And I said, I don't want to wear hoodie for kimono because of the bad imagination yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but my that older friend told me you should wear for your parents and also grandparents it's not only for you if you wear it they're gonna help you so I, I decided to go to wear like frisode and go to the frisode shop mm. and it was quite good experience like, I just love the design. That's it, but very simple. But I really love the, how it looks like and how it feels good. Okay. It's really different. So mm. that's the first changing from right. that bad image. Mm. Uh, what can you just describe because I have no kimono knowledge uh, so the difference of a furisode kimono what's special about it it's usually longer sleeves right like, I have like this song but it's like almost your height your height it's height yeah I can say height but yeah. you know it's not touched up Brown, okay and it's really long very long sleeves okay um, and the design is very formal mm. and i it's kind of difficult to explain by you know <laughs> but it's like if you open the kimono it's like a one painting big painting mm. so it's like a, you are wearing artwork wow wearing artwork so, gorgeous so Watch that's it. the formal types of kimono. Like this one is the pattern, right? You can see. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, we called koshigara. It looks like check design. Okay. So it's a very simple mm -hmm. everyday wear. Yes. Yeah. But 
Homa one is more like a painting looking. Right. So mm. you wore that for your, uh, I was going to say 20th anniversary, your coming of age <laughs> ceremony <Yeah>. at 20. <laughs> a little bit for your family, mm -hmm. uh, not mm -hmm. only for yourself. So maybe interesting mm -hmm. advice from your, your senpai there. Mm -hmm. um, but also you had this changed experience with this, yeah, different, mm -hmm. different dress. And, so, and then what happened? <laughs> then I was planning to go to USA mm. as a community college student. Um, when that was the before I'm going to the college. Mm. And after the anniversary, I went to the college, like, like same year, I think. And I start learn how to wear yukata. Okay, that it's is like a casual, yeah. Yeah, most casual one. But like, I think most Japanese people wear yukata. It's for the summer kimono. Yeah. And almost everyone wear for, you know, having fun. So I landed because I was in uh, near the San Diego. So it's quite the hot weather place. So it's enough to learn yukata. It's just for, you know, something I can explain about my culture. Okay. Mm. Right. And uh, in the U.S., I have not really into the kimono. But I really noticed that I really lucky to be Japanese. And I started know how Japan is really good country. So I used to love, I, I still love the fashion. So I love fashion. So I pick something Japanese and fashion. Mm. So that was Kimono. Right. Mm. And so I also, there is a lot of US People love Japan. Right. And they know Japan more than me. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel a little like jealous. I don't know oh. the right. Oh, they know Japan more than me, even I'm Japanese. That makes me feel weird. And <laughs> that's what I decide. I want to do something, one thing, become a professional. And I choose kimono because I love fashion. Right. Oh, I love that. So the the first <laughs> motivation was kind of hang on for <laughs> a minute. That that makes me feel weird that you know more about this aspect of my culture than me. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn something and be be an expert in it. And it aligned with like your love of fashion. And then uh, yeah, kimono. But you know, kimono. Maybe this is jumping ahead a little bit. Kimono not really held for me as like a high fashion right or even fashionable it has a kind of older ladies image or like very formal you only wear it at a wedding or tea ceremony but you know kimono fashion um i know that this is changing because of people like mm. you um mm. but kimono and, and like contemporary fashion were not connected for a long time so so tell me about how you mm -hmm. have, have connected you know the traditions of kimono with your contemporary fashion eye mm. 
Yeah, that's a good question. But you know, I it's quite easy if you start learn kimono more and more. I think a lot of people feel like I want to wear not only special occasion, mm. but like more daily occasion. And if you start wearing the daily kimono, you will notice that kimono is not old fashion and how i find out is like ukiyo-e yeah if you have seen ukiyo-e ukiyo-e is like um wood like woodblock printing right mm -hmm. like a print hmm. yeah so like hokusai is a famous yeah the famous and one we're, we're both sumidaku right so mm -hmm. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> yeah. and that was the event that was the event that i joined yeah. with the hokusai so, so tell me, so ukiyo-e, so uh, woodblock printing is like... Yes, hmm. especially in the Edo era, their kimono is really, really fashionable. Hmm. Not like the traditional or the old looking. It was like quite brand new, modern style for me. Hmm. And also we have the photos from Meiji, era or taisho era they oh they're doing like something like this someone wearing really short kimono mm. with the western shoes like a pumps yeah it's already exists so i just noticed that oh we it's used to modern i shouldn't say modern but it it was just a clothes, so it was just a fashion for yeah. you know all day. So I find out that, and I start changing my styling from traditional to more modern. Mm. Yeah, that's how I find out. Right. So almost that uh, the kimono was always contemporary daily fashion. Mm -hmm. But somehow there was a period where what it meant and how it was taught and how it was held, it got kind of stuck, <laughs> stuck <laughs> in the past. And then what you're doing with your styling is going, actually, let's it's it is. I mean, kimono is only wearing thing, right? Is what it translates yeah, to. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if yeah. you translate kanji. It's a wearing things. Just clothes. Just clothes. Not any rules, not any way it has to be. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember when we were talking, you mm -hmm. mentioned um, a little bit, we were talking about the concept of uh, shuhari. And maybe mm -hmm. my pronunciation is strange there. Um, but how, you know, you... You got a professional license, right? Yes, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Tell so because you so you studied mm -hmm. and then you kind of broke the rules. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe. But you know, my teacher was quite open-minded, I think. But mm. actually she never looked like this change. <laughs> <laughs> but she were more daily kimono because she wear kimono every day mm. so she, i think she, she like she's having let's say new year party mm. 
Yeah. Then she wear a good formal kimono. Yeah. But when I meet her, she wearing daily kimono. Mm. So I think she understand the, what the difference between the daily kimono and the formal kimono. But right. of course, she really don't know <laughs> how I changed a lot. <laughs> I think, I don't know. We didn't meet her for a long time. So she feel a little surprised, but she's always like, you look nice. That's Hmm. That's the always told me when she teach how to wear kimono. And mm. I, I feel like in my experience in like Japanese mm-hmm. culture, if people think I don't look nice, mm-hmm. they're not going to tell me. They're just not going to say anything about how I look. Uh. <laughs> just no comment. If they hate it, no comment. Um, but so, yeah, you look nice is like, okay, this is approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I like that that you said. Yeah, she she doesn't say, yeah, it's amazing. I love it, but she also never says no, which is right, right. really important mm-hmm. as a teacher, right? Yes, and she said her way is always I don't like it, but she still say you look good. But like there's a way to wear. There's a a lot of different way to wear obi. Mm. So there's a one style she don't like, but I think my mother wanted to learn from her. So she asked her how to wear, we called it Ginza Musubi. Okay. Sounds uh, fancy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but for her, it is like the how kimono for Mizushobai. Do you understand Mizushobai? I do. So, but let me have to translate <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. So, Mizushobai is um, like water service, kind of, but it basically <laughs> means like kind of for prostitutes and sort of sexual yeah. services mm-hmm. workers, it's, sexual uh, workers. Uh, workers. That's what I'm trying uh, to say. Sex workers. I don't think we use the word prostitutes anymore. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's a Ginza have the Kurabu. Mm. It's not really sexual worker, but you know, men and women things, right? Yeah. yeah. So they wear the Ginza Musubi style. Ah. Okay. So she said, I don't like it, means right. because of that. Because <laughs> she, when you wear it, people make assumptions about what type of woman you are. Yes. So I don't want my students to be in these difficult situations mm-hmm. where people. Now, my question is, um, knowing that, <laughs> sorry, guys, this is not going to be a great comment for guys, you know, knowing that so often uh, mm. men don't even realize like you've had your hair cut. Um, mm. Do men really notice the Ginza Musubi or is it other kimono wearing women who will be judging? Mm. Not really. So that, <laughs> uh, I have never experienced only because of the Ginza Musubi. So I think not judging from the kimono people but mm. but i think if you wear daily kimono with ginza musubi it looks like not that kind of person at all so it's really different right so it makes <laughs> people who know go huh? What's, what's, yeah. hmm. even nobody noticed maybe someone think let's look nice or different right mm. so that's when she told 
my mother to how to wear a ginzo musubi. She said, I don't like it. But anyway, she told her. So right. that's how, how mm. she thinks. Yeah. Mm. She'll still teach it. She still does it. <laughs> but she lets people know it's not really my thing. But here's <laughs> the knowledge. Those are away you go. Interesting. Mm. She sounds great. I'm sure she's mm. very proud of you. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about your styling mm-hmm. business right now, like mm-hmm. how, how it connects to your ikigai, how you feel when you're styling your ikigai can. For me, the styling is the making, um, let's say, making someone or does someone find themselves so I want I want them to meet like new style of yourself and it makes me really happy if it's not I I'm happy if they said it's look nice it's still happy but I really love to hear they said oh it's really different but it looks nice on me that makes me really good <laughs> i love it i just got uh goosebumps i got torihada <laughs> wow so that yeah it looks nice that's great but when you have like opened the door mm. to a new uh expression of themselves mm-hmm. through your styling and what you how yeah. you dress them yes yes wow and I don't want them to feel uncomfortable or how can I say? Do you understand? I don't. How can mm. I say? Like, you don't wear it. You are like kimono was weird. Yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yes. Like, um, so it's that the clothes are wearing you. Oh, right, right. right? You're not wearing the clothes. The clothes are wearing you. That's right. Got it. I don't like it. So. Right. Mm. So it has to feel that the clothes are enhancing or amplifying or showing something rather than yeah. you're just like the coat hanger. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, right. It has to be part of that person. Mm. That's a very important part for me. Right. Mm. And how, how does your process work? You know, if someone's like, what stylist? Like, what, how, who comes to you? Who are your customers? And how do you take them through the, the styling process? Uh-huh. I usually get uh, by SNS recently. Mm. Yeah. But I used to, I didn't open it right now, but I used to having the service on Airbnb. Uh-huh. For the experience. experience, yes. Mm. So, but right now I don't have any place to do it, so I cannot do it for the the tourist mm. because they don't have kimono. Right? <laughs> right. I have you, but you know it's quite difficult. So recently, I'm usually doing if someone send me a message. That I'm going to their house. Right. And I mm. really want to mm. use their kimono. Mm. Mm. Because 
a lot of Japanese people have not their own kimono, but like family have it usually. So I'm, you know, taking out their closet and dress sometime. But of course, if they don't have kimono, I can take it to them. Or sometimes the performer or dancers ask me to do the styling for the show performance.、Mm. A little different, but, you know, basically the same things I'm doing. I love that idea that you're you know, taking those family kimonos as well. Because in our,、um, when we originally chatted about this podcast, we talked a little bit about sustainability and that、mm. kimono was kind of the ultimate、yes. <laughs> sustainable, gender free, size free. Yes. Yeah. So, how, how do you find、um, people when they start to? Start to wear like their their family kimono. How do, do people get emotional? Does it have any different kind of impact? Ah,、uh, a lot of people like find out their memories. That's what I feel when I talk. It is from my grandmother, and they kind of like remember. Not too emotional, but you know, feel good, of course.、Mm. That's always I feel, yes. And what else? And they, I think they find out it's up to how many kimono, what kind of kimono they have. It's a little different, but if you find daily kimono, then they do remember. Yes, my grandmother w e a r kimono every day, used to something like that.、Mm. They remember. Yeah,、mm. so they see. Oh, yeah, and I remember that, like, this, this reminds me of her、mm-hmm. at this age in this way.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I've seen some of the, the costumes that you have made for performances, obviously. And、mm-hmm. um, I feel like you've done quite a lot of reform <laughs> to these. <laughs> Uh, thing. So, do you do that with clients' kimonos as well? You know, kind of chopping them up and restyling in that way?、Oh, actually, I, you know, it's so good that kimono, you don't need to cut.、Oh. I just put the Western clothes inside of kimono、mm. and sew them. But I, I always use kimono as kimono. Right. You、That's, never, you never、huh. cut. So it's always、yeah. just maybe restitched in a different way, or how it's with the belt, with the obi. Yes, but I still doing the, the traditional obi、mm. style always. But、yeah. how I dress, it's quite, sometimes it's quite new, but I kind of having the idea from ukiyoe. Mm. Wow, that's how they were. So it's not really super different things. Sometimes、mm. it is brand new style, but not always. So it's always kimono I'm using.、Mm. Interesting. So you're not、mm. chopping, you're just like laying it on the body 
in a different unexpected way and then mm -hmm. like you know today you have a different top on underneath mm -hmm. maybe like with mm -hmm. a pair of jeans something yes. unexpected mm -hmm. yeah I remember actually in the, the show that we saw, I think my favorite styling that I felt like I might wear that. Um, mm -hmm. There was one which was kind of um, almost, uh, do you know the Japanese brand Amavel? Amavel. Amavel is kind of, um, kind of madey, but sort of Victorian. And you had a lady with like a high collar and she had little mm -hmm. boots on and it was like, um, a dark like burgundy like mm. a dark red oh and she wear this oh did she wear that fascinator there you go yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I was yeah. like that and it was just the waist was like kind of hourglass it was really um mm. yeah really like wow that's like that feels very now <laughs> <laughs> there was some also other really cool stuff but I just was remembering that one very specifically going I could yeah um yeah they go now you know my kimono <laughs> neo kimono <laughs> sense <laughs> yes yes yeah um well what's the favorite thing that you've you've designed that like the the one you're the most proud of so far in your career favorite mm. piece of styling <laughs> thank you you said what your your favorite styling the one that you're uh -huh. like, oh, that was, I, I did a great job. I was so happy with that. Uh, that's I know it's hard to choose your favorite uh -huh. child. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, the one you choose one, it was like, actually, that is the kimono coat. Mm -hmm. So we called Michiyuki. And a lot of secondhand kimono coat was thrown away. Because they don't want a lot of code for, you know, like they just need, like kimono people only needed two or three kimono code. So actually I kind of proud of that styling. Hmm. It's like a, make it one piece. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think anyone can wear that style because you, you don't need the obi for the kimono coat. And it's like snap. Everything is like a snap button. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's easy to wear, not only for Japanese, for anyone. Mm. And you just wear it and put the belt on. Oh. It's not have to be obi. I think I put the belt for that style yeah. on the show. So yeah, I kind of like proud of that styling. <laughs> 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 I chose a good one then <laughs> yes it was I'm proud of it too it was so beautiful so good to see I really want to save Michiyuki cord the kimono cord mm. so I don't want people to throw it away it's still good silk and you know there's a way how to use it so that's why I'm right love it so if anyone listening has the kimono coats they find in their grandmother's closet or wherever. <laughs> don't throw them away. Send them all to Yui. No, don't send them all to Yui. But don't throw them away. They can be. They can be used. Right. Um, yes. Wonderful. Um, I want to talk a little bit. Um, something that you said about mm -hmm. one of the challenges of kind of integrating your ikigai. Um, mm -hmm. 
And yeah, what's been what's been what's been difficult for you around that topic? To integrate ikigai. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't remember the difficult part, but it is still sometimes I'm uh, kind of lost what I really want because I used to be just a kitsukeshi. Kitsukeshi is just uh, someone who dressed the kimono to someone. Mm. And I still have that job and I really like it. But like there is the set of kimono and I just dress down. And if I become kitsukeshi, I forget, not forget, but I'm kind of become kitsukeshi, not stylist. But I think kitsukeshi still should be stylist because how you dress makes their looks different. So that's a little difficult, maybe. Mm. But other things integrate integrate mm. i just follow <laughs> what i want to do that's why i'm here so yeah. i don't know yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah. I, maybe i just don't remember <laughs> <laughs> well i like that um i just want to uh give an observation on the kitsukeshi it, it almost huh? sounds like it's it feels for you a little mm -hmm. bit like um, you know, transactional. Like just, I'm just putting on the thing which is there, step by step, follow the process. But maybe what's important to you, Yui, is about bringing your originality and bringing, as you said, that you said what you love about your job as a stylist mm -hmm. is I'm able to like reveal mm -hmm. this something they didn't know about themselves. But mm -hmm. if I just say to you, dress me in this. Mm -hmm there's no opportunity for me to get any new insight in who I am. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm repeating, which mm. if that's what I want is fine. But for yes. you, what you want <laughs> to get out of the exchange is different, right? So maybe yeah. there's place for both. There's place for Kitsukeshi and there's a place for this stylist who reveals a new part, right? Mm -hmm. Both are necessary in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think yes. it's, it's really smart that you you see that like hunger in yourself to mm -hmm. do this other thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, that's different. And also because of my 10 years old experience, mm -hmm. it's not only dressing kimono, it's how you feel is also important. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people think, oh, your kimtsuke is not not tight yeah, you do it so, a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> so it's comfortable mm. that's that's good part i think for people who wear kimono mm. yeah yeah to be that yeah mm. <laughs> mm. yeah i tend to have um a lot of padding when i wear even <laughs> my yukata so mm. i don't i don't like that that i go from kind of medihari <laughs> curvy to uh block <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. to a rectangle so uh -huh. if you maybe we can talk later we can have the <laughs> advice for um oh no but maybe talk now like what's 
you know, with that, I have an image, right? That to have mm -hmm. a kimono body, I have the wrong body for kimono. I think mm -hmm. you're going to tell me that that's not true. Mm -hmm. That's not true. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is, it's just my opinion. But I think after the, I don't know when the Western clothes become the, you know, daily clothes for Japan. Mm. But when it's changing, they, the kimono, let's say, shop, start to think about how to sell the kimono. Mm. They try to sell the kimono to one by one. Like, you, this kimono is for you. So this, is, this size is, is for you. So this kimono is for you. So it's like the order made things. Mm. But kimono is not for one person. It's the shape is for everyone. Right. So if I think this kimono you can wear too because mm. you can change by how to wear it's changed by kids cap. Mm. So they started to <laughs> they started saying you your size is this. Right. Mm. And also they made this is the correct way to wear a kimono. Mm. And because the kimono is always like a straight, like, no, not like Western clothes have their, you know, body shape, yeah. right? Mm. But kimono shape is always just a fabric. Yeah, yeah. So no curves. Uh, it's easy to make straight body. Yeah. I think it's easy to make the image senryaku kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine, imagine what it would look like on a straight body uh, with a straight piece of fabric. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. And, you know, then they can have a student for, you know, how to wear kimono class right. and they can tell. So that's how I change, I think. So, mm. of course, all the time they don't put any towels or you know they wear just every day they don't right. do that for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah yeah because i'm like i've got this like tire around me to like fill in this curve of my like hourglass <laughs> yeah the people surely didn't do that every day it's kind of mm. weird but i suppose you know on the other hand we you know the same mm. thing in western fashion right there's a sample size mm. for models mm. and then anyone who's kind of outside of that size mm. then it's it's a challenge right i mean and again changing and, and improving mm. in terms of inclusivity of size but understanding it's not just like add a few, add a few mm -hmm. centimeters here a few centimeters there um, yeah, it falls different on the body. Mm. So, so some people might be uh -huh. saying, uh -huh. the source of ikigai, just clothes, isn't it? How can it be? So tell me about like what you, what, you know, what fashion means to you in terms of having a sense of ikigai, having a sense of like enjoying your life. How does it, how does fashion support that for you? Ah, uh, Okay. For me, fashion is the easiest way to, one of the easiest way to show yourself, I think. Mm. Because, you know, it's not have to be 
kimono for me. Yeah. If it's Western clothes, that's fine. Because you just can buy it, right? Mm. Like, let's say artwork, painting. Yeah. People feel like I'm not good at it. But yeah, fashion is, you know, you just pick something you like and wear it. And if you wear it, it's your style, right? Right. That's quite easy to show, express yourself. Mm. Yeah. That's how I think about ikigai with, you know, fashion things. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Easiest way to express yourself and who you are. <laughs> I, I feel like it's um can be such a mood changer for me. Mood change? It changes my mood. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Depending on what I wear and use of color, texture, <laughs> fabric, mm-hmm. accessories. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I always every time I've you know interacted with you or like seen you on your Instagram. Just your, yeah, the expression is so joyful. Mm-hmm. Like, just to look at you, like, makes me happy. <laughs> you know, like, wow, like, look how she's picked up the red and the earring and this. It, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's like the thoughtfulness is what um, mm-hmm. I appreciate about, like, seeing in other people as well. Like, seeing beautiful style on other people mm-hmm. as, like, an observer of them. Mm-hmm is really really joyful for me too makes me mm-hmm. makes me feel happy to see yeah other people look good too mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I think that's um it's kind of like back to that idea of how do you get people to see a new a new part of themselves yeah. mm-hmm. yes yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's one of the maybe with a lot of online shopping we miss that experience but I know that I always used to if I would go shopping if I was feeling kind of stuck in a rut, just mm-hmm. go and try on something I would never buy. Like that I'm too old for it or like it's not my color, it's not my style. And maybe, yeah, I'll still say the same thing. <laughs> but just try it on and go, oh, who is the person who wears this? I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I think that especially the color, Japan mm. have, Japan has so different colors. Mm. So a lot of people say, like, I'm not good at pink. But there's a bunch of different kind of pink. So there's always one pink good on someone. Right. So I always tell the people things, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, you're not good at pastel pink, but maybe mm. like a hot pink or a magenta. Mm. It's going to be working. Yeah. Mm. Love that. So don't, again, just because you wore a tight kimono once and felt sick (laughs) doesn't mean you can't wear one. Just because you looked horrible in like candy floss pink doesn't mean that all pinks are are bad for Mm. you. And what do you think is going to be, you know, yeah, 2023 fashion trends in your styling? What are you looking forward to? Uh, I want to do more of the going someone's house and dress the their kimono and mm. also with their fashion so I always I never ever <laughs> did a fashion magazine or I always 
focused on the one person. Mm. And I just, oh, but I just started the Furisode and the Hakama Lentil. So I, I don't know how it's going to be, but I'm more focused on the one person, right. not fashion style. Mm. So taking people, like getting those family heirlooms, those old kimono, mm -hmm. and bringing them out of the closet <laughs> into <laughs> the world. It's the saddest thing, I think, of those beautiful kimono just folded in yeah. the pansu, yeah. in the drawer. Mm -hmm. They need and to breathe. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes there is the cubby. Oh, they get moldy. Yeah. Uh, because mm. they just put it in and do nothing. So it's, yes, it's quite sad. So I really want to get out from that tansu and close it and just wear it, help the breeze, the kimono. Yeah. So that's better to wear. Just wear it. Great piece of advice. I think that's the same with so many things. When we just leave them, don't touch them for a long time. They The object like loses its life. Like, yes, um, yes. yeah, so clothes and houses. Yes. Recently in uh, Sumidaku, you know, we had the Kyojima Expo mm -hmm. and there was an old house and it hadn't been lived in for a few years. But very short period of time, it hadn't been lived in. It was old, but they said that as soon as the person moved out, it was like the house lost its heart. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, mm. So even even houses and kimono have their ikigai, and mm. they need to be they need to be worn. They need to be yes. used. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we're getting very philosophical conversation <laughs> of the in the a very uh, almost the Shinto. Uh, the energy, uh, the energy in the clothes, mm. um, the energy in the house. Amazing. Um, there was one other thing I did want to ask you about yes. when we talked about the challenge. And I think you'd mentioned that like you like to, you just do your own thing and do your own way. Um, and I know that some people, especially in Japanese culture, find that quite challenging to like stick out or to, um, yeah, to kind of be a gaijin, I guess, in a way to be a bit different. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned before you feel like it's it's changing a little. So could you share a little bit about your experience with, you know, going the different way to other people, doing what you want? Uh, you mean how I change? Yeah, like how, how you do that when everyone is saying like, oh, you shouldn't do it that way or. Uh, there's a big, big thing was the. The, the uh, great earthquake in March 11th. March 11th, yes. Is that 2000... 2011? I think. Yes, right. yes, yeah. 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 It's 10 years from there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I was in Tokyo, and I just feel like, wow, I can be dead anytime I feel like that so I have to do something I really wanted to do I think that's it <laughs> I just changed my mind oh I have to do something I wanted to do I don't know when I'm going to die so then I started to learn 
how to do the hair makeup. Yeah. Because first time I thought I'd become just a kitsukeshi. Then I, if I can do hair set, it's going to help my career. Mm. But it was just beginning of how I started to follow what I want to do. And after that, I don't know, when I change, I start meet people, someone like me. And sometimes they already do it. So I feel like I have, oh, I can do it. Or, you know, I really proud uh, of what the people who really do what they want. I really like them. So I just follow them kind of. So you can see like a role model or an, I'm sure those people don't want to be seen as role model. I'm, I'm just doing what I want, but oh, hang on. You just give me permission to do what mm -hmm. I want to do. I see that you are doing it. So mm -hmm. maybe that's a possibility for me too. So mm -hmm. more people who are doing the things that they want to do and showing that it's possible, inspire someone else and it can yes. move forward. So inspiring for everyone. Yeah. So giving <laughs> giving permission um, to other people by doing our own things. And I, I love your point there, Yuya. I think it's a great kind of way to, to think about um, life, actually. Like, we just don't know how much we've got time we've got left. We don't know. We don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think living in Japan, you, it's really, that's kind of in the, in the air. Mm. Any, any moment. And especially living in Sumidaku, we are deep in the hazard map. So we live dangerously <laughs> many things. Um, and I think just, yeah, to, to grab each day, do what we want to do. Yes. And I think I the COVID-19, mm. I think it changed people's mind a little bit, similar to me. Maybe some people feel like, oh, I have to do something I wanted to do. So... Maybe someone do understand recently. Yes, mm. definitely. Mm. As a coach, as a coach, <laughs> a question, inquiries that I get around this podcast, mm. I, I agree with your uh, opinion on that. Mm -hmm. So Yui, I have two more questions for you. It might end up being three, who knows? But the two more questions I want to ask you. So first of all, is there a question I didn't ask you? Or a question that some topic you wanted to talk about, we didn't get a chance to talk about today? Um, I don't think so. We talk quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we covered many things. Okay, great, good. I'm so glad I covered everything. Oh, no, hang on, go on. <laughs> yeah, it's not something question, but I really want someone to... Did you see my Instagram recently? The new one? Oh, I'm going to have a look now. <laughs> I think I yeah I put it oh maybe not well we'll have to share the link for the actual um thing in the show notes but tell me about your inst which particular Instagram post I uh, recent just few weeks ago hmm. I this my friend she have raised hair raised hair oh yes yes I can see this one yeah, that is my sorry for the, I'll share the link in the show notes for those people who are not on YouTube. And this is oh, yes, good. I 
I did the Nihongami with braids hair. Wow. But <laughs> so unique and very,、mm. it's really hot. <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about. Right. That's what, you're, that's what you're looking to do.、Mm -hmm. And all of、um, Yui's social media, all her links are going to be in the show notes. So please do check them out. Please follow, give a like. It's such a beautiful、um, Instagram feed. I love getting it coming up. And yes, always <laughs> looks so cool.、Um, and give you an idea of like, what's this neo kimono stylist that we've been talking about the whole time? And I think it will really change. Um, no, I'm just scrolling now, so I better put that down.、Mm -hmm. um, it will really change、uh, the, the audience's view on like, what is kimono and how can it be worn.、Mm -hmm. um, so, my last question is if you have a final message that you would like to give to listeners of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, the floor is yours, please.、Uh, I always say do it whatever you want. That's, that's the message, I think. You You better do it if you wanted to do it.、That's、wonderful. It. Wonderful.、Um, so, if you've been thinking, should I do it? Should I not? <laughs> Yui tells you, <laughs> Yui Mayajima says, do it whatever you want. You better do it. I think that's a great message. <laughs> wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm really excited to see what happens with your styling in the future. And、um, if anyone has, Kimonos in their tansu, in their closet, and they don't know what to do with them and they want to see a new side of themselves, then definitely contact Yui about that. Or just to find out more about you know, modern kimono culture in Japan, I think Yui, and then probably see as well you know, who follows her, and you can get a whole new world. And then maybe the advice to, to other people as well is to like, Think about something. There's so many interesting things in our own culture that we take for granted. And what's something which is,、um, yeah, maybe if you were going to go overseas and someone would say, what is something which is unique about your culture?、Um, perhaps you could find、um, a sense of ikigai, a sense of your identity as well,、uh, from reconnecting with that too. So it's been a wonderful episode. I'm so happy to speak to you. And yeah. Good luck with everything in 2023. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you found something you could take away from the episode to help you find your own ikigai and integrate it into your daily life. And I'd love to hear exactly what resonated with you. So, pop over to see me on LinkedIn or on my Facebook page. You can find the links in the show notes below. And let me know what you thought was the most important takeaway from the podcast today. And sharing is caring. So, feel free to share this episode with one of your friends who you think could benefit from hearing about living a life of purpose. Looking forward to see you on the next episode of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai. <laughs>